0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular.
1: Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger.
2: Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren,
4: your humble DM,
3: and welcome to Dungeon
4: Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks... Our heroes have a long talk with Guara, the resident welcoming committee for the town of Elderwood on the Isle of Dread. They hope to gather as much information about the topaz dragon that lives on the far end of the island as possible. Either this will allow them to chat and trade with the fearsome creature for the Olam harp they're trying to find, or it'll give them an advantage if they must face the dragon in combat. If they are successful, not only will their mission be accomplished and they can return to the material plane, but they will be bringing back a bag full of letters written by those stranded in the elemental plane of water. But first, plans must be made, information discovered, and Carlton has a zucchini stand to take care of. And that is where we pick up with our adventure, already in progress.
1: Well, Travancore does have a dinner date with, um, that he has to keep.
2: And Carlton did promise to go back to free zucchini land.
4: Alright. Uh yeah, Pequot is uh at your beck and call. He had been told that uh lunch had to be delayed until afterwards. Uh Carlton, you return to your zucchini stand on the beach, and if I remember correctly, you hadn't packed anything up. You'd just taken the the stuff with you, but you'd left the zucchini out.
2: Yeah, you know, we had the little sign that says, you know, Take what you want, leave what you can. Okay. You find it's for zucchini? Why would I take it?
4: Totally makes sense. You do find while you've been gone that most of the zucchini has now been taken and there is now a barrel of fish. Great. Like a U-sized barrel filled with fresh caught fish.
2: I will grab it. Like lumberingly, like up against me, like wah 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 wah, and come back. Like
4: I love this. I'm gonna need a strength check. It's a barrel that is almost the size of you, filled with to the brim with
2: fish. Uh, just the straight strength checks. As a
4: straight strength check. I know this is your wheelhouse, so you, you might be able to wah 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 with it.
2: Uh, fourteen.
4: You go to lift to this giant barrel of fish, and it is really dense. And super heavy. You're almost knocked off your guard because you're like, I am a Carlton. This is a barrel of fish. I need a dexterity saving throw. You do not have advantage on this because this is not a a thing you would have known was going to happen. 16. You do manage to not spill the entire barrel of fish all over the beach. It there's a moment, there's that horrifying moment in where you go to lift and you're like, oh, this is way heavier, and you tip. And forward. I
2: start seeing it in slow motion,
4: and I'm like, no. You see a single fish, a very large fish, kind of looks a little bit like I've just lost the name of those fish that have the 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 huge underbite. They're the long, thin. It, I'm just going marlins. Like a Weepy.
3: humpy?
4: No, that's a... Yeah, like kind of like a marl. It, it's a very large fish. It's like two and a half feet long, very thin. It's got this underbite to it. Most of these, you can tell, are like have been caught in the last couple of hours. And the barrel is filled with, with these fish. The one on the very top, as you tip forward in surprise, sloshes out <laughs> onto the sand and gives like a, a half-hearted little flop in the sand as it lands, but you do manage to right the barrel before any others can spill out.
2: Hey, uh, I whistle for Shadow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Shadow can come. Well, I, I guess, yeah, if Carlton... Yeah, war doesn't necessarily need Shadow there for uh, for, for lunch, necessarily, and Shadow wanted to come. Yeah, Shadow will come on over.
4: Alright, Shadow lumbers on over. <laughs> And immediately starts to eat the fish that has, uh, slurped out oh, of the I was gonna say, I'm gonna barrel. hand him the one
2: that fell on the ground.
4: You whistle for him, and then, like, the thoughts go through your head about, oh, did he go with Travancore? I don't know. Oh, yeah, there he is. Hey, Shadow. And then, like, Shadow's there eating the fish.
2: Great, he's gonna have fish farts later. Uh,
4: fish farts. <laughs> uh,
2: hey, bud, we gotta get this back to where we're staying. You wanna help me with it? I'll give you more fish.
1: Yes, Shadow will help Carlton.
4: (laughs) Uh, Shadow and Carlton are friends, but Shadow does not have quite the same deep, intrinsic connection with Carlton that he does with with Travancore. So what you get is kind of the happy burp.
2: (laughs) The good old fishy breath bear burp.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) And, and you know what? You're actually kind of impressed because uh, Shadow now has a little bit of heat coming off of, off of his breath. and yeah. But it's not- so, so the spicy fishy bear burp.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Does he cook his own food now?
4: It's not quite like that. It's not, he hasn't attacked it, and so no. But there is a little bit of heat coming off of his breath, and uh, it's not spicy as much as you get cold fish and hot breath.
2: Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll tie some rope around uh, Shadow and the barrel and like have him kind of pull while I'm pushing and stabilizing so it doesn't tip. Okay. And we're just going to kind of drag it across the beach.
4: I would like Shadow to give me a strength check with advantage. He cannot see Travancore at this moment.
1: Okay. Got it. Let's see.
4: He's still a strong bear and he does have advantage because of Carlton. And where are you trying to take this barrel while that roll happens? Just to
2: kind of like oh, where our little hut that we were going to be staying at.
1: Yeah, so 11. I feel like Shadow's skills degrade the further he is from Travancore, and potentially vice versa.
4: <laughs> All right, Shadow. Huh? I need an intelligence saving throw. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: intelligence saving throw. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no.
4: <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. Nine. Carlton, while you're trying to attach the rope to Shadow, and you're like explaining everything that you're about to do. Shadow really liked that fish, and he is now muzzle deep <laughs> in the barrel, eating the fish. Hey, but, 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 this is, for,
2: this is for everybody. You want Bernie to be mad that you ate her fish?
4: <laughs> he stops for a moment when you mention Bernie and looks around and does not, uh, Bernie, are you there?
3: Bernie's not there. Bernie has wants to talk to Jonathan about strategy for dealing with the dragon.
4: Okay, then we will catch up with Bernie and Jonathan momentarily back at the hut. Uh, Shadow looks around, sees that it is you and him and a barrel of fish, and is not having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to save for traffic corps. You gotta save it for traffic corps. <clears throat> a Roll a persuasion check with disadvantage. <laughs> As he continues to gorge himself on fresh fish.
1: <laughs> What's the name of that guy? Marty Stouffer from Wild America? Marty Croft? Marty Craft?
4: <laughs> Something like I'm that. I'm just yeah. thinking of that
1: opening scene. Like, you see the. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. Is that what I think it is? A nine.
4: He stops for a moment. He pulls his head out of the barrel, which he is now. He is a massive adult black bear in armor, newly blessed by the the creatures of this island with fire powers, he's devoured a bunch of this fish. He pulls his head out of the barrel, holding a fish, sees you talking to him, talking about waiting for Travancore, talking about, you know, hey, wait, 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 looks at you and then spits the fish out into a paw and holds the paw out to you. (laughs) <laughs> and then
2: I grab it and just bite into the side <laughs> of
4: it, <laughs> <laughs> and he seems super happy. He's like ah, and then he dives back into. The I realize this
2: is gonna go nowhere, so I'm like, "Wait, Shadow, Shadow, Hot Fish, Hot Fish," <laughs> and I I say fire, fire, and I like hold it for him to try to like scorch it. I gives you a
4: very long confused look. Shadow the fire bear. You do notice. The bite marks that are in that fish that when he spit them out and put them into his claw, to then hand quote unquote to you, the bite marks are charred <laughs>
1: is it
3: like a situation? This is a question I have. I always have questions. this ain't new. um is this like a situation where <laughs> shadow because he is now a fire.
4: Fire bear, fire
3: bear, because he's a fire bear, his metabolism has changed. Because I imagine his internal body temperature is a little bit higher, Mm. and in order to literally maintain the flames, he will need more fuel.
4: I'll say, in the time since he's received this blessing, none of you have seen outright fire or flames he hasn't breathed fire he hasn't produced any any visible flames travancore has felt that he is definitely warmer carlton is feeling the hot breath not just the the regular hot breath but whole oven hot breath and uh, carlton you can now confirm with these bite marks that his attacks seem to be doing some bonus heat damage in a way but none of you have seen fire yet as you mull over this this slightly charred fish i need shadow to roll me a percentile dice
1: oh this
2: is quintessential dungeon drunks yep bernie and jonathan are in the war room trying to figure out how to go forward Travis is off with my dinner with andre and carlton <laughs> is fighting a bear over a barrel of fish all right <laughs> or arguing with a bear over a barrel of fish
1: Shadow rolled in 81.
4: All right. 81. I'm going to write that down. We're going to come back to Carlton and Shadow in just a moment. We are going to... Travancore. what I'd like to you to think about is if there's anything in specific you want to talk to Paquat about. Meanwhile, back at the house, Jonathan and Bernie have arrived back at their their temporary quarters, and you wanted to have a chat. So...
0: How are we gonna do this?
3: Well, that's the question. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that I was very amused, but the... how Please go ahead. <laughs> With Thontor we sort of knew what he wanted and how he operated. He considers himself to be incredibly sophisticated and cultured. And he likes a win. We're not going in with very much information on this one. Thaunt likes feeling like he is the most intelligent being in the conversation. I don't know that he needs to actually be the most intelligent being or is in any conversation. But... We were able to negotiate with him because we knew him and we knew something about him. And I am a little concerned that Segura is well we just don't know that much about him, you know? Like we sure agreed. We we I wanna know what he the only clue I really have is this tithe. We have stuff. I almost think it might behoove us to empty out our bag of holding and do a complete inventory of everything that's in there because at least. Then we know. Then we know what we can offer. He's definitely not going to want the flying spell, so we can count that out unless he's kind of one of those weirdos. You know, he might be a yogurt collecting type. You never know. (laughs)
0: specializes in specific yo- specific yogurts and that goes a long way for him. I, yeah, we don't know. Oh, let's do that. Let's let's do you know what? I I don't know where the everyone else went, but uh when we find Carlton again, let's do that. Let's inventory the bag of holding. We've been surprised before. And just make sure like you said, we have an accounting of everything we could possibly offer material-wise. Who knows? He could want a service. A lot is going to come of the initial negotiation. The initial meeting is going to tell us a lot. Yeah. So we just have to make a good impression.
3: I think we also, we know what we want. Right. We know exactly what we want and we know exactly what we're going for. And I think what we have to decide as a group is what we're going to be willing to give up in exchange for what we want. I think that we need to know... I once heard that it's better to negotiate with an exact number that you made up than a round number that you actually know. Like, if I'm coming to the table and we're trying to figure out how much I'm going to pay you for this harp, and I tell you I'm going to give you 35,000 gold, it's a nice rounded number with quite a few zeros, but if I tell you I'm going to offer you thirty-four thousand five hundred sixty-seven gold, it sounds a little bit more like I've done my research and I know exactly how much this harp is worth. Whether or not I have,
0: I've never—I've never heard that before. Is that a—is that a gnomish tech?
3: It is. We sell a lot of jewelry. I see. Okay. My parents used to do a lot of negotiating. Well, and I used to watch them.
0: Right. Jonathan the Muscular is willing to give up anything on his person. This harp is too important. I think one thing that I will put on the table initially, and he takes out Leonard's exile.
3: I think we have to make this decision as a group, but it's good I to know. start knowing. Like, I wonder, the other thing I w- we should think about is something that we're going to give up no matter what. And I think we should approach this by paying the tithe. I don't think this dragon is going to like the fact that we didn't come in the normal way. And I don't think, unless he brings it up, that we should mention the teleportation circle. Because if there is a dragon that goes out to every single ship that is brought in by a magical storm and collects, I mean, I'm sure we could walk around the town maybe Maybe our time is better spent this afternoon interviewing citizens of the town and asking them what their tithe was. Was it the most valuable thing on their ship from a monetary standpoint?
0: Oh, that's a really good idea.
3: Was it the most interesting thing on their ship? I mean, was it the most valuable thing to them?
0: Well, and and the thing is, he's, uh, like we heard before, there were times when he just said, I want everything in your hold. True. So... There are definitely going to be stories where he's just like, he took everything because he could. But if there are stories where something more specific was gained, I mean, Travancore is going to be looking through the, uh, the histories here. Why don't you and I do that? Why don't we go and conduct some in-person interviews? Just walk amongst the town and, and find out, like you said... Was there anything interesting about what he took? Because we don't want to spend time talking to people who's like, yeah, he just took all of the chess. And but if there were, if there are any, if there are any outliers, that can be
3: very telling. And I think we should figure out, like, we should borrow a notebook and write this down. And if Trappin Core, we should go. Let's go talk to and Core and let him know that we should start figuring out what he's taking. And I think it's really important to look for instances where he does talk to the crew. Right. What he's taking when he talks, and what he's asking, the way he's asking. If it is a tithe, if this is a dragon that comes in and demands a tithe every time, this is a dragon that, whether or not he actually is going to come stomp all over the town, has decided that he is the biggest bully on the block. I think he actually has no interest in doing it other than as a way to get stuff.
0: Otherwise, he would be here demanding tribute all the time.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess one could look at this as sort of a closed system where there isn't a lot. What is the economy of this island? It's like trade, right? It's not... There's not really a monetary...
0: I think it's fish.
3: It's fish and <laughs> whatever
0: they find.
3: <laughs> you do, uh,
4: from being around, what you figure out is that... I mean, but it is just... This is a giant family. They take care of each other. They take care of, you know, people pull their weight and do what they need to do. And everybody makes sure that everybody is taken care of. And no, there doesn't seem to be trade in the sense of I'm going to give you something and you're going to give something to me in return. Um, there's no accounting. There's no money exchange. That seems to be one of the reasons why people were so willing to just part with things that seemed so incredibly valuable to all you, the sword, the magic items, but here on this island, unless you are going out and using weapons to defend yourself unless you are a magic user that for whatever reason needs to fly or something like that the the priorities here are different the priorities are the the safety of the town keeping everybody fed keeping everybody comfortable and and then there does seem to be a relaxed enough atmosphere that the the town takes care of each other and so there there is things like You have noticed some artwork and you've heard music and you've seen aspects of life that would be difficult to enjoy in a town where there was people who were having trouble finding enough to eat or a place to live. I mean, just the fact that they've created several places for people who have washed ashore to come and stay comfortably with basically everything they need. Without question, you don't know all the specifics of the economy, but you get the sense that just out of necessity, this town has become an extended family, and it's not a question of do I have the money to buy a thing? It is oh, I would like a thing. Let me go find out if the thing is available, and the necessities are taken care of by everybody so if that helps a little bit,
3: yeah that's the that's sort of like. I mean, kind of out of character, if I'm thinking about motivations, if this is the way that on our plane, our group would view a dragon that hoards, we would think about things that are high value in what would be a monetarily driven kind of capitalistish society. And if this isn't that, there's no reason for this dragon to come to the town very often. So this is a dragon that has maybe not has a more traditional hoarding ethos. There's no reason for this dragon to, to go into a town or maybe he doesn't see it that way. It's like, he thinks he's getting what he wants. This is his inroad to get new things. He doesn't see the town as a thing that's going to produce him. Like they probably are, they're producing things that are valuable to them. And they're, you know, like there's probably a lot of ephemeral intangible value coming out of the town but it's not, it's, I'm trying to think of, like, the point of view of, like, in my head, what we've got is this thing that feels a sense of control and wants to maintain a feeling of control. His method for getting the stuff he wants is this singular, and I don't think he would like it if somebody with valuable things, like, are sitting in our bag, slipped through.
0: Yeah, I, I think... I think we'd have to get a better read on him because he may not be that malicious. He may also just know that this town is not, is a stone that he can't squeeze.
3: Yeah, that's what I mean. So. That was sort of the point of all that. I do think, however, that if a dragon is consistently calling something a tithe, whether or not this is a stone he can't squeeze, he feels an idea of, own, like, you pay a tithe in church. Like, this is a dragon that has an idea of its power. Like So it's like, if it's like, pay me this tithe or die, it feels an idea of being one of the most powerful beings and as an inflated ego. And my thing is we need to stoke his ego by first offering our tithe and then offering to bargain for the thing we want. So we need... I see what you
0: mean. Yeah. So we need more than what would get the harp. We need... what would he have gotten from us if we had shipwrecked? And then also, additionally. Yeah, yeah. so
3: we need to come with an idea. We we're paying our tithe and we would like to talk to you about a trade.
0: Okay, then Leonard's Exile will be part of the tithe. Then we'll figure out where. Why don't we do this? Because I'm very cash poor. We'll do Leonard's Exile. Um, we'll talk to everyone else about anything. We basically have to double our gift. And of course things come into a fight well then we may not have to give anything but we'll see
3: i'd like not to fight
0: i'd like to not fight either i'd if like we to go die, home. we
3: can't take anybody back nope so let me ask you to
4: hold on uh your inventory until everybody's around but i will say you you talked about finding Travancore and talking to townspeople yes is that something you still want to do
0: yeah we're gonna tell Travancore about everything we've discussed and kind of give some some delineations on what he's looking for some guidance in what he's looking for in the lo- logs yeah like what specifically what are we looking for like how are we going to suss out the dragon and then yeah okay bernie and i will go and talk to townspeople interview them about their interactions with Sil gurath
4: so what i'll say is you you do know where Travancore and Carlton are, you know, Carlton went back to the beach to go do zucchini stuff. And I'm going to say for expediency's sake, because why not, that when Paquat showed up to get together with Travancore to go have, at this point, what is kind of like a a snack, you know, it wasn't lunch, it's not dinner, but they're not going to do a meal, that he has told you the spot on the beach kind of further down away from where the the zucchini hut was that they are going to um that he had talked about because basically when he showed up to talk to Travancore, what you heard as as we will seamlessly move towards Travancore and his new friend and i'll say momentarily after we talk for a bit the two of you will arrive We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons and Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple livestreams in a single grand adventure. And it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, Sea Team, Silver and Steel, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on January 17th at 8pm Pacific, so open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. D-O-E-N-H-A-U-L-F-O-Y-S So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got for your champions. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. What Paquat says is, well, I've got a place on the beach that I like to cook some hot dogs in if you'd like to have a hot dog.
1: Haven't had a hot dog in some time. Is there a... Is there a place we could pick up a libation? Do you do you imbibe the uh, the
4: adult drinks? That depends. Uh, we do make a little bit of stuff on our own. It depends. What are you looking for?
1: And Travancore thinks of all the things that he has, and I think Travancore's main beverage in, in Prakana would probably be something similar to Kala, which is basically coconut hooch, fermented coconut juice, milk, or water. Rather, he would imagine that like a place like this would have, like, fermentation of any kind of, like, you know, the local crops of vegetarians. So you got to ask along those lines.
4: And yeah, I think they would have pretty it's not exactly, but the idea of fermented co- coconut juice, absolutely. Um, this is a... a the, a tropical-ish island. Um, so coconuts are, well, not plentiful. They are a thing here. And so if you mention that through the magic of editing and, and <laughs> D&D, the next thing we know, you are seated on the beach. There is a pit dug into the beach that you can tell is, is a spot that is frequently used to create a small fire. And you are enjoying... Literally hot dogs roasted on a stick and in one hand with a coconuts full of fermented coconut water with a little bit of extra sugar in it. There's like a, it's a little grainy because it it tastes like some really nice, almost like rock candy sugar has been used Mm. and not all of it has, has dissolved into the drink. And so when you get kind of, when you tip a little too far, you get a little bit of the crunch, but it's sugar. So it's not like it's bad. And yeah, it. It's sweet and delicious, and uh, the cool breeze coming off the ocean is a perfect accompaniment to what tastes odd as a hot dog. It's not a pork hot dog. It's not a beef hot dog. You're not exactly sure what is in this hot dog. It's it's almost kielbasa-sized, and it's sweet and juicy, and it's delicious. And most of the conversation until uh, we rejoin as we dissolve from one place to another, has been very you would almost say boring. Paquat is just asking you about uh, where you're from, and what brought you here, and what, what have you been up to, and why are you looking for this instrument? And some of the answers you're giving are more expansive than others, depending on your mood, and depending on how how close to the chest you're holding some things. But yeah, you've you are sitting there. Was there anything you wanted to ask Paquat before your friends arrive?
1: Well, I guess I'd want to ask about the history of the island and the community itself, if there are any notable moments, um, quarrels, and then Travickor would probably hint at trying to get a little bit of gossip about people he doesn't know about at all. But fun fact, uh, I, as a person, am a big enemy of gossip. I believe it destroys uh, communities and homes. I think that Pope Francis is 100% correct about what gossip does. Travancore, however, does not have any compunctions
4: about dishing (laughs) at all.
3: I love it. Travancore's like, give me the tea. Dish, 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 dish. Yes!
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, there's always been arguments and quarrels and people who don't get along. I mean, it's hard to have any community of people who are going to live together, especially ones that think that they can't leave and not get a couple people fighting. Most of the time, it's just yelling and screaming and then people go live on opposite sides of the town and it's large enough that you can avoid someone if you really want to, but people try to at least get along. And you can see that he is, he hasn't spilled the tea yet. And you, your insight picks up that it's probably him trying to keep a positive spin on the town and not go into the gossip. But go ahead and give me a persuasion check.
1: Okay, let's see. Rhetorical Trevenor persuades. Hopefully, doesn't have the same ring to it. Oh no, nine.
4: Geez, <laughs> so many nines. With a nine as as you're leaning in for the arguments, uh, Paquatte says. Well, I think the only thing that's happened recently was, yeah, there were these two brothers who they were fishing together for most of their lives. And then, you know, you know someone for a very long time and then you get sick of them sometimes. So every time they go out into the water, one of them would come back soaking wet because the other would push him on in. One day, neither of them came back.
1: That was darker than I expected. Says Travancore.
4: Roll an insight check.
1: Oh no. Is he messing with me? Let us find out. Well, I'm rolling like like garbage today. I'm five.
4: Holy shit, that was darker than you expected.
1: <laughs> Travancore kind of quietly takes a bite out of his hot dog, having learned that even though there are no cows in this place, there is pl- plenty of beef.
4: <laughs> Holy shit. It is at this point... It is at this awkward moment, <laughs> and where Jonathan and Bernie show up. I would like the two of you to roll insight checks as you roll on into this conversation. All
3: right. We're just going to do color. this on D&D Beyond Insight.
0: That was a 13.
3: That is a dirty 20. Bernie, this
4: turtle that's talking to Travancore has that sly look that- only you would be able to discern of someone who's just pulled something over on someone. It's something about the twinkle in his eye, but, but you're impressed. Whatever the heck just happened, whatever you just missed, you think you might have just caught just the right glance at just the right time, and only you are reading that whatever happened, this turtle this pulled some bullshit.
3: Bernie walks up and says, are you telling tales outside of Cool. Be nice, guys.
4: <laughs> Would you like a hot dog and some coconut milk?
3: I'll take the coconut milk. I'm a pretty small being and we don't actually have to eat that often. <laughs> uh, he cracks open a
4: couple more of the fermented coconuts to hand to both of you as you sit on down. We're going to jump back over to Carlton with your 81, I'm going to say 81% of the fish have been consumed and you shadow are now both lying on the hot say, sand. Just... oh no there isn't even a constitution saving throw it is cartoonish how the both of you have distended stomachs <laughs> i was like sorry
2: i was like to say carlton's like throwing fish up in the air when uh shadow's just laying his back Hob, <laughs> catching it.
4: We're at the point where if you try to do that, it's just going to smack him in the face because even Shadow cannot eat any more fish. There is still 19% of this giant barrel is filled with fish. And so now you can <laughs> actually lift it if you want to lift it without any strength saving throw. However, the thought of getting up off of the sand... With You're going to have to roll Carlton. You will... <laughs> the two of you are back down on the sand in that blissful... Almost uncomfortable. Uh, I've eaten too much. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're gonna pause there <laughs> on dual burps. And the next time we get together, there's gonna be some interviewing in the town. Uh, and maybe we're finally gonna go after Silver Girlath. But first, let me give you some experience for the whole fish debacle. <laughs> The the number of nines that have been rolled this game warmed my heart, because these are the perfect rolls to happen that were bad. All of the excellent questions that you had for Guara about researching the dragon, Shadow getting a nine for, I I love that the two strongest members of the party, maybe, depending on how Jonathan is feeling at the moment, totally failed on rolling for that barrel. There are no bulls, but there's plenty of beef. That was so good. That was... (laughs) That was A-plus material right there. I wish that was short enough that I could... I might still make it the title of this episode. That was that was ridiculously amazing. For all of that... No bowls, just beef. No <laughs> bowls, just beef. Uh, but so much beef. I'm going to give you a total of 11,000 experience to split between the four of you and the next time we get together carlton will be arriving with shadow and a barrel that used to be full of fish to a hot dog cookout and some discussions about how to bribe a dragon thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show visit us at dungeondrugs.com for links to all of our social media pictures and bio of our cast a full list of credits and more We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeon drunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Oddy, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.